Corey Newlands, you're listening to the How To CEO Podcast. When you decided to become a CEO, the world changed. You can either crash and burn or you can build a billion dollar company. We're here to give you the knowledge, the advice, skills, and the expertise to build a billion dollar company. In this show, we're going to be looking at what CEOs need to know in order to raise a post-seed fund. I'm delighted to be joined by Marianne Polly from the Capital. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mary. Um, such a pleasure to be at your show. I've heard um, a lot of your podcasts and um, it's uh, really a pleasure. Thank you. So, so tell me, do introduce yourself and, uh, and your company. Sure. Um, so I um, have a background of doing business development and fundraising for uh, emerging venture funds and startups, mostly on uh, seed series A stage. And um, along the way, I trans- uh, transitioned to um, managing partner at Jaguar Capital, which is the family office and also a micro VC fund um, here in Los Angeles. Um, and since that time, I just really dipped my relationship with the founders and investors and transitioned into Burgundy Capital, which is a licensed uh, broker uh, and dealer. Uh, we do fundraising for startups. And so what kinds of startups are you looking to work with and what kinds of deals are you looking to do? You know, speaking of um, Series A startups, there is a very uh, vivid niche here that a lot of companies fundraise Series A when they finish accelerator programs. And that makes sense because, um, you know, they've been able to get to the right metrics and uh, get to know the right people. And they seem to investors the most ready for the next stage. Although that's obviously the majority. There are a lot of companies who never applied to Accelerator and still a good opportunity for venture capital. So we usually work with companies who successfully raised money before and who showed specific metrics in their industry and succeeded on a certain level that looks lucrative to the investors to invest and get them to the next stage. And that varies from industry to industry. So what are your specific tips for investors get their company ready to raise? You know, I even have a very precise step-by-step plan. So as a company, I would usually go, uh, you have to benchmark yourself. And the simplest benchmarking that companies do, they go and find similar products on the market, uh, look how much they fundraised or how much they exited and they put it on on their pitch deck. Unfortunately, that doesn't work. There are so many other different things that you have to keep in mind. So I would suggest usually do a bit more research and go look for investors who specifically focus on the industry that the startup in, read what their managers write about investments in this area. And you'd be surprised how many fund managers write on Medium, in articles, or even if you go to industry reports on PitchBook or Crunchbase, just check what are, what are the trends, what investors are talking about, because oftentimes founders don't realize that investors have been in this space for a while and they saw similar companies like, you know, like the, the startup have played many years after and uh, they they might don't understand why investors are not interested, but you can figure it out doing two things. First, go and ask what investors think about the industry specifically and what kind of solutions they're looking for. And second, just go and read the industry report and see what's going on. So your new, new firm, you help uh, CEOs raise. 
What's the difference between someone raising themselves and someone getting help from an outside firm such as yourself? And, and why, mm-hmm. would you, why would you use an outside firm as opposed to doing it yourself? That is such a great question. You know, for a lot of founders, they are, they are fine. We're talking about ex-Googlers or YC graduates who got figured it out for one specific reason. They've been building their network for years in different contexts. So whenever then, when they are ready to raise, they already know what they're doing. They're already on the market. They want to develop the, the product and they know big executives or firms to go and pitch their idea. So these founders probably never need an external help. Then there is the next level of founders who doing great job into building actually the big company for a potential unicorn, but they are somewhere in the middle of the United States or outside of the United States. And when they come here, they don't have a network. And for them to continue growing the company and fundraising and learning how to do that and, you know, expanding the network and navigating through different social, like cultural differences is just a lot of work and takes a lot of time. And you probably, you know, heard it many times that in general, it takes from six months to a year to fundraise for exactly this reason, because the founder cannot be even consistent because here they had to pivot and the next time, you know, sales are not going well. And then the team member left you need a new hire. So in this case, you, need, you may want to use an external help to speed up the process and just to keep things organized. And there's the third, I would say, group of people. Those are startups who think that they need investments from big firms and they have a billion market, but in reality, they're not. So for them, an external help is needed to just help uh, with their financial assessments and understand that maybe you're not a billion-dollar company, but you are a hundred-million-dollar company, and you will never find success with large firms because you're just not their size. But at the same time, it doesn't mean there are no other financial institutions or financial support you you can find on the market. And in this case, you just need this perspective and also an open doors to other different types of financing, venture debt, grants, or even just family offices. And also focus you back on what you're building is going the way that you envision it, but don't try to make it the next unicorn because it, it will never will. And is this an alternative to, to me as a, a CEO raising or mm-hmm. and do I just outsource it all? Am I still involved? Ah, uh, sure. Um, you know, they're definitely right in a lot of books and articles. You will hear how VC style, like never use an external help to fundraise. Uh, CEO is the one who's supposed to fundraise. And they're totally right. And this is where I've been looking a solution for so long and still, you know, tailoring it to fit the markets and to fit expectations. How it works is that my, my team is able to expand the visibility for the startup among you know, the investment community, help you to present the company the way it might be interesting to the fund or family office or angel group. And according to the strategy, it's gonna be a slightly different representation. So I'm enriching this outreach and helping investment community understand what the startup is about and startup be prepared to talk to them. And then I match. And then everything else, as it was before, is on the founder's side. Uh, it's still the founder who is pitching, still the founder you know, who is answering questions. What I'm doing is just 
you know, navigating two sites together, make sure they un understand each other. And oftentimes founder has questions like, how do I negotiate? Why investor on the other side wants silence? Why, you know, they're asking the terms that, you know, I don't want to agree on those terms. And in this case, my team is able to come in and understand what the game is about and why certain type of investors are going to ask you for certain terms. And either it, it does make sense for you to negotiate or, you know, uh, according to the game, just don't waste your time. So everything that we're doing is very much like PR or I would say marketing, but inside the investment community specifically. And everything else, as it was before, still on founders' shoulders. So I'm a, I'm a founder and I want to, I raise some money, I've got some product. Um, how should I go about thinking about fundraising? First, you have to make an assumption about your strategy. Oftentimes, in Series A, you need a lead investor, you need followers. At the beginning, you better start to approach lead investors because it will make a difference who else is going to follow. Usually, those lead investors already have followers, right? So I would make a list of in lead investors. They are open about their role in the company and try to find those first. But uh, at the same time, building the list of investors, uh, I, I wouldn't say second tier, but you know, um, that would you approach uh, with a step two, as those VC firms who would prefer to follow. I would do a very you know, deep research into what they invest in, what the managing partners are interested in, what the deals they recently have done. And then remember uh, that I told you about doing the industry research? definitely match that with my strategy. If I see, for example, that the majority of investors are tired of subscription boxes because one, two, three, then I'm not gonna pitch in my pitch deck, you know, those things because that is a red flag immediately. And even if they look in the pitch deck, you know, it's automatic no. So I'm gonna find those things that investors are looking for, a specific type of technology, a business models that they're interested. Also, I would be aware about the red flags that investors, you know, could easily find in my pitch or in my uh, email. Then once I find my lead, I go back to the follow follower investors and you know, start to uh, put the round together. And then in the, during the negotiation, of course, everybody starts to suggest their terms. The lead investor obviously is the main character here. So you, it's, it's an art project, seriously. So then you put it all together and launch it as a, you know, as a finished round. I also, one thing would recommend what I noticed worked is Instead of, instead of fundraising a certain amount, I would choose the range that allows the founder to be more flexible on how many investors to bring in. And it's always better to have an oversubscribed round than uh, not to have enough money to close it as you expected. Excellent. And who else do you see doing a great job in this space? In every type of industry, I see people are doing it even better because they are be, they are more specific into the players in the market and the acquisition, which is also important if you're doing later stage deals. There is the fund uh, in Los Angeles. Simeon Nesterov is leading the fund. They are doing an amazing job on consumer market and D2C, direct-to-consumer. A lot of uh, with the drinks, food, clothes, 
subscriptions, those guys are uh, really nailed the marketing part of advertising it to consumers. And on the other side, you know, there is the pleiade of crowdfunding platforms, which basically do the same job. I was really surprised with how well their, um, you know, their fundraise. Last deal that we've been doing in them with the Jaguar was with Seed Invest. And it took them, I think, a month or two to close a pretty large amount of money. I started to, you know, research more into the platforms and realized that this thing is really working. So many new investors, angels, accredited investors, different types are going uh, to shop there for deals. So I'm impressed and um, really admire their uh, their work. They've done some some great work with seed investors on. Also super impressed by them. If people want to connect with you, how do they do that? Through my LinkedIn, I think is the fastest option. <laughs> Maria Paula on LinkedIn. Excellent. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Murray. That's a, that's a pleasure. I'm Murray Newlands. You've been listening to the How To CEO podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Please do share it with your friends and I'll see you next time.